how can I have faith that God hears my prayers when I can't see him at work? I've struggled for years with the sovereignty of God. I believe God is overall and in all and in control of all. Yet I also believe he gives us free will. I once heard a pastor explain these two apparently contradictory theologies as being kind of the twin towers of scripture. They're both there. God is in complete control and we have free will. I don't really get that and I can't necessarily explain it, but I do have peace with it. I just believe that there are some things I will never understand fully this side of heaven and I'm okay with that. That's why it's called faith. And faith is what we're going to talk about on today's show. I'm Brooke McLaughlin, an author, speaker, teacher, and small town girl from the mountains of Appalachia. Over the years, I've had the privilege of encouraging countless moms toward a richer prayer life, helping them catch a vision for the partnership God invites them into as they become praying moms. Prayer is action all by itself, and our prayers can impact the people we love most for generations to come. I created the Million Praying Moms podcast because prayer is one of the most overlooked parts of Christian parenting today. Let's change that together. My goal is to help you see prayer not as a last resort, but as your first and best response. If you have questions about prayer or motherhood, if you need help taking the first steps toward a praying life, or if you want to know how to pray for specific needs affecting our children in today's culture, you're in the right place, friend. Prayer warrior or mom who's just starting the journey, all are welcome here. Let's get started. Proverbs 30 verse 8 says, Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Unfortunately, we live in a world where difficulties, abuse, and even betrayal happens on a daily basis. This Bible verse is perfect to pray for your children and yourself. Having walked through her own story of betrayal, author Jennifer Lynn Heck knows firsthand the importance of this prayer. She writes about it in her book, Walking Victoriously Through a Fiery Furnace, available on Amazon. In the book, she shares what can happen when we become vulnerable and how God enables us to victoriously overcome. Walking Victoriously Through a Fiery Furnace is written as the story of Victoria Grace, a young woman born with a crippling physical disability who experiences betrayal, but overcomes and receives the healing only God can give. It's designed with beautiful, full-color pages, and Bible passages are creatively interwoven into the story. Discover how you and your family can use what Jennifer calls the word-activated response strategy in prayer to defeat Satan's deception and attacks and receive hope and encouragement in your own fiery trials. Get your copy of Walking Victoriously Through a Fiery Furnace now on Amazon. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Quiet. A five-letter word that all moms crave, not just for their homes, although certainly that, but for their hearts. Nothing feels quiet if our hearts aren't at peace. In fact, studies show that stress and anxiety can cause actual physical illness. According to Harvard University, stress can cause digestive issues, weight gain, elevated blood pressure, 
chest pain, heart disease, problems with our immune system, skin conditions, headaches, and sleep disruption. How many of those can you place a check beside right now because you experience them on a semi-regular basis? Lack of quiet, lack of ongoing peace, and a lack of ability to get to a quiet and peaceful place in our hearts in the midst of stress is killing us slowly. But for the believer in Jesus, it doesn't have to. Join me for Carving Out Quiet, a prayerful study of peace, yours free when you sign up at millionprayingmoms.com or in today's show notes. Before we dive in, I want to welcome back Stacey Thacker to the show. Stacey, how are you doing? Hey, Brooke. I'm doing pretty well. It's good to be back. And we've just come through the Christmas holiday and all the things are happening and hopefully a little time for quiet this time of year. You know, that's what I'm hoping for. How about you? Yeah, same, same. I feel like um, this week of the year is the one where I get really reflective and start to to think, um, you know, leading up to Christmas, I'm trying to reflect on the Christmas story. I'm trying to reflect on how to bring my children into that as teenagers now, as doing it when they were young kids was one thing because there were activities and, you know, crafts. And even though I'm not a crafty mom, I did try to do some of those here and there. It looks really different when they're basically adults or very close to adults to bring them into it. And so coming off of that reflective season, And um, then coming into a reflective season about where we're going, you know, leading up to Christmas, it's been about where we've been. And then now it it kind of tends to be where we're going. And so that's what's going on in my heart and my mind this week. And just gazing at the lights of the Christmas tree for a few more days, because I take it down at the first of the year. Um, I'm that girl that likes Christmas to start the day after Thanksgiving. And I like Christmas to end (laughs) on New Year's Day. I feel like we live as Christians, we live Christmas every single day of our lives. So all the pomp and circumstance I love to reserve for that one month. Mm -hmm. So I'll gaze at it for a few more days. It's a great, great segue to dive into our conversation today. And what a great question to answer as we wait um, for this new year and we're in this reflective mood. Let's just lean into that to take an opportunity. I feel like sometimes we have a little bit more time this week. Maybe we're off work. Maybe our kids are home. Maybe we're not going crazy with travel and parties and all the things. So we're going to answer this question. How can I have faith that God hears my prayers when I can't? see him at work. What are your thoughts on that? It is a great time to be reflecting on that because during this week, I'm often thinking about, Lord, what do I want you to accomplish in the new year? A lot of people use this week to think about their word for the year. What word do they want to theme their upcoming year? Um, You know, I and our audience knows, I often tend to choose a verse to pray for the year. How do I want God to move? Not that I'll only ever pray this verse, this particular verse this year, but a verse that I want to theme my prayers for my family as we move forward for this year that I'll come back to over and over again. And so I do think it's also a time to think about how God has answered my prayers in the past year and maybe how he hasn't. I would encourage all of you to to like make a list. You know, if you're one of those people that keeps a list of all your prayer requests, go back. If you don't keep it updated on a regular basis with all the ways that God has answered those prayers, big and small, like maybe Maybe he's just answered a, a fraction of the prayer, but not the whole thing. I encourage you to go back and write all those down so that you can see how God has moved in the last year. But I think that also brings us to the point where if we're making that list of prayer requests, we may also come to a point where we see, 
like God didn't answer my prayers in this way or didn't answer them the way I wanted him to, or maybe didn't answer them at all. And to kind of dive into that, I'd like to camp for a little bit in Hebrews 11 for today's show. If you're listening and and you're in a place where you can follow along with me, I just want to read a portion, just a small portion of this passage to you. So open up your Bible to Hebrew 11, Hebrews 11, and it's often referred to as the hall of faith. And it's filled with stories of the greats of the Bible. Some of these names that you will have learned about when you were a child or that your children are maybe even learning about right now. We're going to start in verse four, and I may skip around a bit. So just kind of follow with me. And starting in verse four, it says, by faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gifts. And even though he is dead, he still speaks through his faith. By faith, Enoch was taken away. And so he did not experience death. By faith, Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and set out for a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise. And by faith, Sarah, even Sarah herself, when she was unable to have children, received power to conceive offspring, even though she was past the age. And now the kicker. Stacey, would you read verse 13? Yes. These all died in faith, although they had not received the things that were promised. Yeah. Just like read it again. Just one more time. These all died in faith, although they had not received the things that were promised. Yeah. They died in faith. We live in faith. We die sometimes in faith. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Several years ago, my husband and I walked through a very painful set of circumstances. In fact, what we dealt with may just rank up there as one of the most painful things we've ever experienced to date. It deeply wounded us and caused us to question our callings, even who we were in Christ. Honestly, it caused us to question Christ himself. We often found ourselves mad at God for allowing it to happen in the first place. We felt rejected, disrespected, and very, very alone. Throughout the months that followed, we were confronted by this pain over and over, up and down, like waves of discouragement throughout the seasons. Sometimes things were fine, and then sometimes they weren't. When things were fine, I was filled with hope. I felt peaceful in my relationship with God and others, and I went about my days feeling fulfilled in my Christian walk. But when things were not fine, I was filled with fear. I felt frustrated in my relationship with God and others, and I went about my days wounded, wondering if I really had anything at all to offer the kingdom of God. It felt very much like being on a never-ending roller coaster of emotions, like having a Band-Aid ripped off just as the wounds started to heal, only to have to start the process all over again. John 14, 27 specifically and clearly tells us that the kind of peace Jesus left us is not the same kind the world seeks to give us. And yet, so very often, I act like it should be. 
I could dwell on the longing of my heart to have peace in all my relationships, every circumstance, and with each new day, but that only means I want to control what happens to me and that I don't trust the God of the universe to give me the challenges I need to make me more like him. The other option is to choose the gift of peace Jesus died to give me. If I choose to look at Jesus as my peace, then anywhere I look, I see peace. Anywhere I go, I see peace. And any decision I make, I have peace. Peace doesn't always come from what's happening in our lives, from our relationships, or even from making good decisions. We just are not promised that kind of peace, but we are promised the peace Jesus gives. That kind of peace transcends any other and gives us the ability to release difficult relationships, circumstances, and even deep, deep wounds to the only one who can change them. I invite you to step off the roller coaster of your own life and choose instead to walk with the gift of peace Jesus died to give you, himself. Grab your copy of Everyday Prayers for Peace at millionprayingmoms.com or anywhere books are sold. God promises things, and I, I truly believe that he keeps his promises. But I don't know of a scripture, and Stacey, if you know of one, you correct me. I don't know of a scripture that promises that we will always get to see the fruit of those promises. I just don't know that. All of these men and women died in faith, never seeing the fulfillment of what God had promised them. Was God true to those promises to them? Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like he was, but they didn't see it. And these are great examples of men and women of God who chose to live in faith, even when it cost them something, even when they couldn't see the future because they wanted to live lives that were pleasing to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's even, uh, Brooke, if you, we went back a little ways and started in Hebrews 11, 1, the, even the the definition of faith as defined in this chapter is for faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things unseen. So it's actually the definition of faith is hoping and trusting in things that we always can't see with our eyes. And I especially love this passage because when I'm waiting on God, when I'm well, let me just say this one. I think when God is growing my faith, I often feel very alone. I often feel like I'm the only person in the world who's waiting on God. Now, I know that's not true, like really, but that's how it feels. It feels like you're the only one. So when we have this scriptural proof that all these giants of the faith, very human, but they're being lifted up for their faith, that they were all waiting as well. It reminds me and testifies the fact that I'm not the only one who is waiting on God to come through or to answer a prayer that I've committed to him. And so, I don't know, I find that very encouraging. Yeah, I do too. And I think our tendency, we've, we've talked about this, you and I, a lot over the last month or two of these Tuesday prayer episodes, that we tend to get super absorbed within our own kingdoms, right? We tend to, to focus on me and building my kingdom. And when we live there, When we live in what I often refer to as the me gospel, it becomes very easy to think that we're the only ones like you just described. God must not be doing just this for me. Like he's he's just not responding to me. He wants to be good to everybody else, but not me. We've talked about that a lot. But the fact of the matter is that God rarely, if ever, gives us glimpses 
of what will be. Sometimes he does. And there are examples in the Bible of when he, you know, gave people glimpses or, or visions of what would come. But sometimes we don't even get to see why he asked us to do something until after the fact. I mean, I think about Abraham who didn't even know where he was going. <laughs> God said, just go. He didn't, he didn't even tell him where he was going. He just said, go and follow me faithfully with every single footstep. And I don't know about you, Stacey, but I don't like to live that way. Like, I wish I did. I wish I loved the adventure of that, but I, I love to know where I'm going and to know why I'm going there. And it's just not always what God does. The people of Hebrews 11 never got to see the end result of their faith, which was Jesus. And you and I might live without knowing the purpose of our obedience. It's a reality. We might not get to see it, but we can have faith in the God who from the beginning has known the end of the story. He knows the end of the big story, his story, and he also knows the end of our individual stories. And we can choose to have faith that he's good and that his plans for us are good, even if they don't look or feel good in the moment. Choosing to have faith in God's bigger plan is the substance it's the heartbeat, really, of a mature prayer life. Mm, that's good. I, it made me just think of, it just came, came into my mind, um, this Paul David Tripp quote where he says that the Bible does not allow us to live in the moment. Like it's actually, we're created for bigger the bigger story that we're the people of beginnings and endings. And so, so often when we're, we're talking and praying for something in our right now kingdom is we're just really narrowly focused. Um, but I've heard it said, um, and I don't know who said this, but I know that was Paul David Tripp, um, that prayer is not really about what we gain, like getting the thing that we think that we need, but it's who we gain. And so it's about gaining more in our relationship of God, gaining more of who he is as we walk with him and get to know him. And really it's in that deepening of that relationship is that that's what sustains us and enables us to keep putting one foot in front of the other and persevering in prayer, as I think that we're called to do as we walk with him day by day by day by day. So here's a practical tip for moms. Faith, by definition, like you just said, Stacy, is something we can't see. It can mean believing our children will eventually sleep through the night or that they will not start kindergarten in diapers. More often, faith is giving our kids the grace to grow out of and through whatever stage they're currently in, and ourselves, by the way. When my boys were little, I often lacked the long game perspective, meaning I struggled to think anything about the season my kids were currently in would ever change. And it's it's ridiculous to me as I look back on that now that I was so short-sighted because I have a degree in psychology, like with a specialty in developmental psych, I should have known, I should have been able to see and know that my kids were going to move past this. But in the moment, like you were talking about in the moment, the challenge of that moment blinded me from hope and kept me from having faith in what God could do and what I even knew about basic human development. And I regret that. I wish I could go back and shake my younger mom self and say, Brooke, this too shall pass. My mother used to say that to me all the time. This too shall pass. Trust God. Trust God's word. Because specifically in Hebrews 11, this is our firm shake, if you will. This is our mama's taking our shoulders and saying, you know, shaking us up a little bit. It reminds us 
that most of the faith-filled life is hoping in what is unseen, hard to understand, and often delayed. Oh, that's good. That's a good reminder. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed today's practical prayer punch as much as I have, where we answer your questions about prayer. And some of today's show was excerpt from Brooke's book, Praying Mom, Making Prayer, The First and Best Response to Motherhood. And you can learn more about that in the show notes at millionpraymoms.com. Till next time, friends, the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. Do you ever feel like you're on an emotional roller coaster? Like the circumstances of your life make it almost impossible to live in a state of consistent peace? Jesus warned us in John 16, 33, that his followers could expect to have trouble in this life. But the good news is that he left us his peace, not peace like the world gives, but peace that surpasses our ability to understand where it even came from. You can have that kind of peace. And in the newest prayer journal from Million Praying Moms, you'll learn how. Everyday Prayers for Peace is available to order now anywhere books are sold. Visit today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com to download the first day's devotion and prayer absolutely free. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of the Million Praying Moms podcast. You can connect with other praying women by following us on Instagram at Million Praying Moms or at the Million Praying Moms website where you'll find tools to guide you as a praying mom. And don't forget to download your free copy of my resource, How to Pray God's Word for Your Children. This quick read will have you praying God's Word for your family within the next couple of hours. Seriously, find all the links you need at millionprayingmoms.com. Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free story behind podcasts. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for Story Behind wherever you get your podcasts.